0: Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington D.C. and
1: you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hey everyone, this is Matt Frazier with No Meat Athlete Radio, and today I've got a special guest, guy I've known from the online world for several years now, probably four maybe even five years. His name's Joe Runyon. He runs uh, Impossible HQ and about a million other brands that have Impossible in them. Joel, how are (laughs) you doing? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Sure, yeah, and I'm I'm really excited because first of all I want to talk about the impossible stuff. I mean that that for me and my blog has been something that's kind of in the background the whole time. I mean it's been it's not my blog's not really about me and, and me doing challenges, but but that's been a part of it. Trying to qualify for Boston which for the longest time seemed impossible and then of course that was the big driving influence for me behind um, deciding to do a 100-miler it just it seemed impossible when i thought when i heard that people were doing it i thought that's that's ridiculous like someone is telling me the wrong thing because someone can't run 100 miles <laughs> so i think you know that same mentality is there and i think we share that so i want to get into that but then definitely also want to give us plenty of time to talk about your new seven seven project which has you doing something pretty cool uh with regarding ultra marathons i won't quite spoil it till we get to it but uh let's let's jump in with impossible so can you just give us the the background i mean where where'd the brand come from your own story is good so i mean just what's what's uh, all wrapped up in the impossible brand
0: yeah. So I started the site, uh, four and a half, yeah, something like four and a half years ago where I graduated from college and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get a job. I couldn't get out of my house. I couldn't get like, I was making no money living in my parents' basement, couldn't get a job at Starbucks and, uh, basically sat around waiting for stuff to happen to me and nothing ever happened. Um, and so I ended up, uh, nine months out of school. I got an temp job at UPS and then got, uh, they fired us all like uh, three weeks later because it was seasonal work. And so I'm sitting at home in my basement and I'm saying, like, you know, I'm seeing all these people doing these cool things, uh, traveling the world, uh, running their own businesses. I want to do all those things, but I can't I can't even get a job at Starbucks. How am I going to do anything else? And um, I started writing down these things that I wanted to do, and I, every time I wrote something down, I was in such a bad place that everything just seemed impossible to me. It seemed um, impossible for me to start my own business, to to travel, to do anything like that. Um, but one of the things on there was run a triathlon. And I knew nothing about triathlons. I knew nothing about, I was not a runner. I'd never run more than a 5K before. Um, but I was interested in it. And, uh, when I, when I sat down and looked at the list, I, I got so tired of hearing myself say, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. I, I just asked myself, what, what if I tried? And I, I, didn't have any money to travel the world. I didn't have ideas or you know business acumen to to start a business. Uh, but I knew I could go outside and run around the block, and then I'd get on my bike and bike around the block. Um, and so I basically made this little tiny list of things that I wanted to do, and I thought I could do like relatively, like I could at least try them um, relatively quickly. And uh, that was my impossible list because they all seemed impossible to me at the time. And when I did my first indoor triathlon i wasn't even an outdoor triathlon when i first did did my first real indoor triathlon um and i finished it i was like whoa i can do that what if what if I, all these other things on my list what if what if i can do those two and what if i just have to try and kind of push my limits and see see how far i can go and when i decided to do that all of a sudden uh You know, I I decided I was going to start a blog, basically to keep myself accountable to that. And so it started off as a personal project, and then it turned into something um, bigger, where I continue to use it as a platform to push my own limits and challenges that I want to be doing, but also kind of reverse engineer that, share that how I'm going about it. And um, a lot of it is, you know, we talk about like training your body and training your mind. Um, And so a lot of it's teaching your mind uh, how how fragile. Uh, these self-imposed limitations are uh, by doing physical challenges like running. Um, and so I got out of I, I got into triathlon, started getting up into like the half marathon or half uh, half Ironman distance, um, and then started getting into half marathons and uh, marathons. And then I found out about ultra running, and I started getting into that. So um, it, it it all sparked from me asking myself a few years ago, like, what if you you tried? And that was it. And once I started that, everything else started kind of un, unfolding uh, around this idea of um, not taking impossible as a as a statement but taking it as a challenge and seeing if you can really go out and do something impossible.
1: Very cool. And I was actually clicking around a few minutes before we started here on your blog, uh, and I found your impossible list. And uh, it's it's something everyone should check out. It's impossiblehq.com slash impossible dash list. And uh or just go to impossiblehq.com and it's right there at the in the nav bar. But it's this list of stuff that's like insane that, that you've accomplished all this in four years or whatever it's been, four and a half years. Um I mean, fitness is one small category of it, but there's there's I mean travel, languages, business stuff. I mean there's just so many neat things that I think it's really cool that you know you could have in kind of an alternate universe just continued doing what you were doing and getting a job that, you know, eventually you'd have found something that paid the bills. But had you not actually just said I'm going to make a list of impossible things, you know, you wouldn't have actually done these things. So it's it's such a difference from saying here's a list of things that, and I know you say it's not a bucket list, but here's a list of things that I think are impossible to do or would be really cool to do, and I'm going to start a blog about it. Having that and that, as you said, the keeping yourself accountable, it just it's amazing what you know a little decision like that, just kind of what kind of course that. Has set you off on, and can set anyone off on if, if they actually just go try to you know live in this sort of deliberate way.
0: Well, well, the 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 reason I say it's not a bucket list is because it's it's different in a way that it it grows over time. So a lot of people make bucket lists, and it, over time they're like, okay, I'm gonna check this out, I'm gonna check this off, I'm gonna check this off, and this is really more of a a way to sort of explore your limits. So when I started this a couple of years back, it was just like run a for run an indoor triathlon and maybe run a real outdoor triathlon and not drown. Mm-hmm. And there was like you know, like get a job. And I think it was, um, you know, like get a job and like get out of the basement of my parents (laughs) house, you know, like that was the list. And, um, it's one of those things when she, I was in, I was in such a bad place that like, that's all, like, I, I really wasn't sure if I could do an indoor triathlon. I I didn't know if I could do a triathlon at all. Um, so I did an indoor one, because it was in a pool Mm
1: -hmm. and I
0: figure, uh, that's probably safer for me uh, than trying to swim in open water or something ridiculous. If I if I have trouble swimming, I can just stand up. Yep. And so it it it's really this concept to to over time it should be growing because you're you're finding out these different things about yourself that you didn't know you could do. And all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't you know it seems like I, I look back on this and and it's interesting because it's like wow it doesn't seem – it seems like it's been you know the person I was four four and a half years ago is not the same you know that was. It seems like you know as familiar as me at five years old or something mm-hmm. like that um and so uh it's just it's just really interesting to see like it's it's only been four years, and at you know some points it doesn't seem like it's going i'm I'm moving fast enough or I'm trying to do enough like interesting things um but at the same time you're like, wow, that was really really fast, that's a big transformation and so it's uh it's sort of balancing the two and and it's it's really cool when you have something like this that um is an impetus. For you to go do something, you can never ever ever say you're bored. You know, like <laughs> I, that's the one thing I don't understand. It's like, well, if I'm bored, then I can just go look at the list, and there's something on there that I can go and do. You know, I shouldn't have a reason to be, like sit around and watch TV or 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 like complain about like I don't have anything to do because I have a lot of things that I, I need right. to get done, and uh, you know they're gonna take a little bit of work. So.
1: Yeah, and I love that it that it grows over time, like you said, because it's. You know, as when when as you also said, you kind of teach yourself that these limits are fragile, then all of a sudden the stuff that goes on a traditional bucket list could you know, would would be way more than you had even dared to imagine before because now, you know, there were things that you could not even allow yourself to see as as, you know, a possible thing, so it wouldn't make it on the list. Um, but I guess that's I guess that's why I'm, it's an impossible list because yeah. you you just keep adding these things that that used to used to be so impossible that you didn't even see them like they weren't even an option to put on your bucket list because they weren't going to happen.
0: Yeah, you, you just you don't even you don't even conceptualize it. It's like right. no, that I'm not even considering that. That's ridiculous. Right. Um. But no, totally.
1: Yeah. And that's that. Um, for the record, is my reason for running that exact same thing. It's just that that it teaches you that you can do things that you thought you couldn't do. And mm-hmm. and my. The best example, like within a very short time frame for me, was when I did the, the Boston qualifying race. When I came down to mile 22 and was slowing down, like you know, every other race I had the wheel start to fall off as you hit that point, and then I would, uh, at some point, say I, I quit, like I'm just gonna jog the rest of the way and give up, and it's not gonna happen today. But so that was happening, and it was it was that same feeling, and it was like, okay, here it goes again, and you know, because I had the whole blog going and, and just so many different reasons why I didn't want to give up now and I was going to just keep going and try it. And it was like, it was in this little half hour period of those last four miles, there was such a shift of like, I, I absolutely cannot keep doing this. There's no way I'm going to do this. And then half hour later I had done it. And <laughs> that to me, it was just the most powerful half hour of like, you know, here I am actually doing something that I told myself a few seconds ago was impossible. And, uh, I don't know that, that's the reason I run and, and that's the reason for the ultra running. And it sounds like for you, it's, it's very much the same thing. Well,
0: it's, it's, it, if you can just tell your, your, your brain to shut up for like you know, five or 10 minutes or whatever, and just get through the, you know, the actual like decision-making process of like, okay, of like, um, uh, voluntarily disqualifying yourself before you like, before you actually have to quit. Um, it's amazing what happens when you you just decide. I don't know if I'm gonna. Do, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if it's it's doable. I don't know if it's possible. But I'm I'm willing to to try it, and we're gonna see what happens. And when you kind of go into uh with those expectations, all of a sudden it's it's you can go farther than you you thought you could. But if you stop at the point where you 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 know if you stop at the point where you've always stopped, you're always you' You're never gonna know anything past that, so you gotta have to put the blindfold on and keep driving uh yeah. and keep running and yeah. and uh you know g- kind of go into new territory to find something else.
1: Absolutely, and that's a good point to shift to your next thing, which is definitely a new territory for you. Uh, you wrote in your post about it that it was you know basically the biggest thing you've ever tried to do, the biggest challenge uh the most most impossible thing you've you've tried to go after um and it's called the seven 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 project. Um, involves ultra running, which I think is a good fit for, for the of Athlete audience because we talk about that all the time on here. So let us know what uh, what that's all about.
0: Yeah, so uh, kind of talking about the, the impossible. So I, I, probably like a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, I got challenged to do – a it was almost two years ago now. Uh, I got challenged by uh, the, the team at Pencils of Promise, which is a nonprofit out of New York that builds uh, schools uh for kids and students around the world. Um they reached out to me and they wanted to do uh they said, hey, you've got a lot of cool things on your list. Um what do you think about doing one of your uh impossible list items uh in support of what we're doing here at Puncil of Promise. And I was like, okay, well what's the you know what are the um you know what would do you guys have in mind? And they're like, well, you know, you've done some marathons, but you've never done an ultra before. And uh, so they basically challenged me to do an ultra marathon and up until like six months prior to that, I never even knew about ultra marathons. I just thought like marathons, I'd done that. Like that was enough. That was a lot of roll. That was a lot of, um, that was a lot of running. I, I don't need to go farther than that. And then as soon as I found out about ultras, I was like, well, yeah, I think I have to. Now. Um, and so they challenged me to do that. And uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago, uh, I I did my first 50 K and we raised $26,000 to, to build a school in Guatemala. Um, and so we went and saw that school in Guatemala and that was one of the coolest things that I'd ever done. And, and, and really the, the marker of running an ultra marathon was a big shift for me because I was never a runner. Like I'm not like, I'm six foot two, I'm 190 pounds. Like I'm not built like a, you know, like a, a wily fast runner, you know, like most, 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 uh, runners are smaller than me or they're, uh they grew up running and they did cross country or something like that that's how i feel anyways that's mm-hmm. all that's all all the all the runners that i always run into but i i didn't start running until i started my 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 site a few years ago and so the idea of an you know running a marathon just seems stupid and then running an ultra marathon most people don't even know what that is so um doing that turning point uh I realized that like the altar was kind of like the farthest thing that I'd ever done, and then uh, the school was kind of one of the coolest things that we had ever done. And as I was, I got back from that trip in Guatemala, and I started looking at my list, and I started going through things, and a lot of the stuff on the list was stuff that was still somewhat difficult, but I kind of had this perspective on it now that nothing was really impossible, nothing was really like nothing scared me. It's it, it was more of a if I hadn't done it on the list, if – my list had gotten to the point where it was small enough that anything on the list that I would wanted to do, like I could do if I just put enough time into it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any uncertainty in the list. Yep. And um, that was interesting because I, I, I hadn't been – in the last three, four years, I had never been in that place. And so I started looking at like what does a real challenge look like um, for you again? Like what is that – how does that how, do, yeah, how does that represent itself and um, i started looking at different things and i found out about a couple different epic races and uh, long story short i ended up finding um, you know i started looking at ultra runs again and i started finding all these really cool insane obscure races around the globe And I had a bunch of frequent fire miles that I accumulated over time. And one, you know, a bunch of the stuff was like travel related. So I was like, why don't I just combine all this travel stuff that I want to do with, you know, pushing myself physically and then combine that with, a, you know, a a way to give back. And the result was the 777 project. And it's, uh, seven ultra marathons on seven continents, and we're raising enough money to build seven schools with Pencils of Promise. Um, each school is about $25,000, so it's $175,000 total. So, um, on a bunch of different levels, this is easily the most challenging thing that I've even conceptualized, just because, um, as soon as I first had the idea, I was like, nope, not gonna do that. That's, 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 that's way too much running. That's way too many um, obscure places. Uh, you don't need to run that much. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself. It's blah. And and I, I had not experienced um, an automatic reflex on an idea like that uh, since my first triathlon. Since you know I, I first started the site, and I sort of had this flashback to when I had this idea uh, to the Joel of four years ago uh, saying, "Oh, you can't do that because that's impossible. Just don't don't even try. You just uh, stay stay here. It's safe." you're, you're kind of comfortable. It's okay. Uh, everything's good here. We like it here. Uh, it's, it's somewhat comfortable here. And, um, I, as soon as I realized that I was like regressing back to, to, to Joel of four, four and a half years ago, I was like, I, I, I have to do it now. I, I can't just come up with this idea and then back out of it. Like, I, I, I think this is something that I'm going to have to do. And so that was about a year ago. And, um, you know i I hadn't been training consistently I was running every once in a while but I wasn't training consistently and so uh, I got a coach and, and started training up and I've uh, been working you know for the last six to eight months or so getting my running base where it needs to be and then um we just launched the project uh last week and uh the first races at the end of september so um it's basically going to take up the next uh year of my life but it's, uh, it's something that it's it's a it's a challenge that i'm terrified and excited about and i think that intersection of terror and excitement is a good place to to be
1: yeah that always is a good thing i look for that too so you're talking about doing this all within a year is that right uh yeah so the the first race we we announced it last week and
0: then the last race um is leadville so that's like it's like 363 days or something like that so uh leadville was just like a week and a half ago
1: wow that's, that's a crazy one. <laughs> I was going to next ask you what the distances were. So what, are they, are there other hundreds, or are they all um, kind of building up to that? Yeah, so the, the cool thing about this, this is why I kind of
0: got so excited about the project, is that there, there are seven altars on seven continents. So they're all sort of different levels across the different continents. So um, the first one is in Patagonia down in uh, South America. The f- second one is in Antarctica. Um, the the pa- Patagonia race is, uh, I think, just short of 40 miles uh, the Antarctica one is 100K, so it's 62. Um, the, uh, the one in like uh, Australia, New Zealand is uh, the Kepler Challenge. Uh, that is uh, just shy of 40 miles, I believe. Um, and then there's uh, a stage race across the desert. Uh, it's 160 miles over four days. Uh, there's a race on Mount Everest, uh, which is the highest ultra marathon in the world. Uh, then there's, uh, one in Italy and then that's Leadville. And so the Italy one, I think is, a, a the stage race is 160 over four days. The, um, Everest one is about 40 miles. And then the, the Italy one is 120 K I want to say. And then Leadville's a hundred mile. So they're all sort of different ranges, um, and different terrains, which is going to be part of the interesting factor there. It's not just going to be, you know, uh, XYZ marathon, you know, it's, 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 they're not just road marathons. They're not just, uh, the, you know, the same distance in the same places. There's going to be a lot of different challenges, both in terrain and climate and, you know, all the unknowns that come with it. Uh, (laughs) so it's, it's, it's a really, you know, it's one of those things that the cool thing about ultra running, and I, depending on how into ultra running, uh, you know, your listeners might be. You get into it it's sort of this mix of running with exploring so it's part about a race, but it's also about sort of adventuring and getting like you know over a hundred k race you're just gonna be all sorts of places and there's kind of a limit on how much you can you know if you're going up into a mountain it's there's a limit on how close to civilization you can get just because you're going up so high um, and it's just it's it's really cool they're really compelling races and once I started, like, putting them down on paper and, t- you know, checking out their websites and, and, and kind of aggregating all the information I could about them, I was like, I think I have to do this. And, uh, you know, once you have those ideas, you know, once you get an idea about a race, it's really hard to not do the race. It's really hard to sure. just walk away from it. So, yeah. Yep.
1: Wow. Okay. That's cool. I didn't realize Leadville was, was part of it. I mean, is that, does that seem like the hardest one to you? Or I mean, I don't know. The 160 over four days, that's that's pretty serious too. Yeah.
0: So, so that one, it, that's in the – that's in like the uh, the White Desert in Egypt, so that's not like a that's not a joke. Um, right. <laughs> uh, to say the least, um, Leadville is a little scary. I was actually out there a couple weeks ago, um, kind of uh, volunteering and getting a, a feel for the race. Um, I'd never been out to a hundred miler before, and so that was just kind of a cool experience to be able to see firsthand, um, especially since it's Leadville and it's that caliber. Um, I, I'm, yeah, Leadville is scary. Um, I'm not gonna lie about that. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those things I think it it goes along with pushing your limits because uh you know the the forty the mile in Patagonia is scary, but it's you know, it, it it sort of you know takes you to one level and then you're you, you, you go to uh the hundred K in Antarctica and that's a that to me that's a scary one because um you know, I did Comrades this year, which is uh just a few miles short of hundred K. Um, but it wasn't in Antarctica, Antarctica you know, <laughs> like, so, uh, so there's a, it, there's just a bunch of like every, every different race has a, there's a mileage component. There is a terrain component and there is a climate, uh, slash, you know, surrounding, uh, component to it that are all going to be slightly different than what I'm used to. You know, I'm from Chicago, so I'm used to like, uh, running along the lake, and uh, you know, n- nice little paved path or whatever, pretty flat. Like if you got a bridge, you got to go over. That's a real tough hill. Uh, like that's what that's what I'm used to. And so I actually moved out to San Diego to get some uh, more trails underneath me, um, to get some more hills that I w- could work with, um, and to be able to train year round. And uh, it's one of those things that uh, you know, even you know, I just did the I just did the Swiss Alpine Marathon in Europe. And uh, you run up through the Alps or whatever. And, you know, I've been training on some hills here, but they're not the Alps. And so you, it's just, it's always, you know, you're always looking for a new way, whether it's, you know, the distance or the terrain or, you know, just the technicality of a run uh, to push yourself and to try things that you haven't done before. And the cool thing about ultra running is the community there is not, people care about times and there are, you know, the rate, it is a race. So people are trying to win, but there's such a community aspect to it. Where everybody is is I talked to an ultra runner the other day we went on a run and he's like everybody's just on their limit like everybody's right there and that's what it's about it's not about you know you know running a uh you know running a sub three uh, marathon it's 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 about taking yourself to places you haven't gone before because at you know 50 miles in everybody's hurting at 70 miles you know especially in the 100 milers like you know at, at 60 miles in in Leadville, everybody's hurting i, I hung out right. at mile 70 and you know everybody's having a tough time and uh you know they got 12 hours or so to go until uh uh they need to you know the the time cut off on the finish line and uh you know, they got a marathon left and
1: that's yep. going to
0: be a slog for them and it's not it's not about you know going as fast as possible but it's about like taking yourself to your edge See, see what you're capable of, and, and keep pushing.
1: Yeah, and I think that is—I think that captures the appeal of ultra running. I think that's—it it just stops being about time. I mean, except for the few people who are trying to win, most people it's about it's about finishing. Like I finished this distance, and that was that was what you tried to do. I mean, and there's breaking 24 and 100 and all that, but it's it's so much more about can I keep doing this without quitting? And that's that's different from marathon running for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, and 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 some of the ultra runners are insane. Like it's not like they're 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 you know slow runners like one of the guys at Leadville a couple weeks ago broke off like a like a 715 uh minute mile Mm -hmm. at mile 97 or something stupid like that (laughs) and you're like are you kidding me where did you get that and it's stuff like that that you know that's not the fastest you know you know split time in a marathon ever but like after 97 miles like holy cow how are your legs still functioning like that so uh it's Stuff like that that's really impressive, and it and it, it shows you new stuff about yourself too. It shows you you know if you can do that at mile 97, or if you're able to pull something out for the last 20 miles after you've already gone like 80 miles, um, it's 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 crazy. Uh, and then and then it the cool thing about that for me is it doesn't just stay in running, but you start to recognize those those signals, those you know sort of thought patterns in your everyday life, and you take that out of just running and you take it to everyday life. You start being like you know um i don't i don't know if i can run my own business but i just ran a, you know i didn't know if i could run a marathon and i just you know i just killed this last one so why why not start um and the only thing that keeps you from starting typically is that it's unknown and what you can teach yourself through ultra running running in general uh, is that you can go into these unknown things you can figure them out and you can do them and it's scary maybe it's hard maybe but it's not impossible and it's something you you can totally figure out if you want to, and um, that was the big thing for me because a lot of the stuff is physical related. I started with physical challenges, and then I'm able to take it into the non-physical realm, whether it's business, whether it's um, lifestyle, whether it's whatever I want to do. Um, I'm able to take that sort of mindset of the your self-imposed limits are are crap, like they're they're just things that you're telling yourself, and if you can set those aside long enough to start, um, you'll find out that you can go way farther than uh,
1: you thought you could. Yeah, very cool. And one of many, many lessons that distance running, particularly ultra distance, teaches you, um, I wrote a post recently about why I'll have my kids run marathons when they get older, or at least, you know, hopefully that that get them to at least go do one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was at the Woodstock Fruit Festival this past week and talked to Mike Garnstein. I talked to him, but this was during a talk when he actually said that he wants – each of his three kids to do a hundred miler when they grow up and like <laughs> it, because of what it teaches you and what you discover about yourself. And, uh, you know, I think that's a little extreme and I, I would have trouble trying to get my kids to do that. Uh, if, if they weren't into it, it's just cause you have to really want to do it to do it. But, uh, it's just, you know, there's so, and I'm sure this applies. I'm sure there are all kinds of sports and things that do this, but because I run, I, I notice these things in running. And, uh, one Thing, this is a great way to sum it up. Is that uh, I, I was—I don't, don't think you know the show, but I, I had the pleasure of spending a week with uh, Seth Godin in his office a few weeks ago. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, with like with like 15 other people and just a week and kind of working on our projects and stuff, and it was amazing. But at the, the very first day, he said this really cool thing about marathon running, and he said that people who everyone—he he was talking about the New York City Marathon. He said everyone when they get to mile 20 is tired. Mm -hmm. and uh and he has this book called the dip of course where you know that's kind of the quitting point is is it that that mile 18 to mile 20 point in a marathon and there's so many parallels to everywhere else but once you get through that once you get to mile 24 then nobody's quitting because that's that's then you're almost there and you're through the dip but what he said was that everybody's tired and the people who finish figure out a place to put that tired and Mm. i thought it was just so perfect for ultra running because like you said everyone is hurting and the people who finish it's not that they are hurting less, and maybe in some cases, but it's not that they're hurting less than people who don't. It's it's just that they have figured out how to deal with feeling terrible and and not <laughs> stopping. And that then applies to everything else you're doing. I mean, in, business is, is an obvious parallel, but anything. I mean, you figure out where to put that tired or put that fear or whatever it is. But you, it's it's a difference between saying I'm going to be controlled by these sort of primal emotions or or. I guess, you know, physical sensations, or I'm going to step back and notice that this sensation is happening and I'm going to, you know, make a decision based on that, but not necessarily controlled by that.
0: It's, it's, it, it helps you sort of look at yourself like a third party, like take yourself out of the immediate pain that you're feeling right now and be like, all right, if I make it the next two miles, all of a sudden it's going to be like a, you know, if you're at, if you're a mile 20, you're like, if I just make it two more miles and I only have four miles left. And then all of a sudden you know, you've done four miles every single time in your life, and it's it it's it it lets you just not be, um, yeah, it lets you experience that pain, but you also realize there's like a bigger photo or there's a bigger picture, and there's there's something else besides that. And um, when you when you can start doing that on a regular basis, it's it's it's, it's changing. Like it, there's it's it's hard to explain unless you've done it. Um, and even once you do it. Like you have to keep doing it in order to remind yourself. At least I find that. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that idea of and it's, finding I mean, a this place is, to put your pain.
1: Yeah, and it's exactly this is what meditation is. And when people do meditation, it's it's stepping out of your mind and noticing what's going on, and and then that carries over into the rest of your life. So and of course running, of course, is many people's meditation.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: not necessarily mine, but
0: it, it's it's cheap
1: therapy. That's what it is. Yep, you know? it is that. <laughs> All right. So before we wrap up here, Joel, let's uh. Talk just a little bit about the mechanics of the training and kind of more than that. Just just your going from non-runner five years ago to running seven ultra marathons in in a year, regardless of what continents they're on. I mean, how you know? Just just to kind of give how (laughs) right? How do you do? I mean, because I've been running for probably 12 years, and I think for me that's one of the big things. Like the longer I run the easier it gets. Your body just learns how to do it. And it, and even when my fitness is lower, I can still run way better than I did a few years ago because my body's just done it a lot and learned how to do it. So I'm wondering, and certainly there's going to be some extent of that. I mean, four or five years is not a short time. That's not a brand new runner. Um, but I'm just wondering what, like, what has been your training philosophy or your progression through distances? um, And like how, you know, how did you make the jump from, I don't know if you said you did a half marathon before a marathon, um, or marathon yeah, to ultra. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know how how did you, how did you go through all that? Just so, just for someone who's kind of at the beginning. Yeah. So the first
0: part, I I almost this is not good advice for people who are starting out, but I just kind of did it by brute force. Like I was kind of stupid, and I was just like, I'm gonna figure this out. So, um, you know, for the first little bit, I just did like an ad hoc training program I made up for myself. You know, going from. Uh, is nothing to a half marathon. I kind of just made it up when on runs every whenever I felt like it, um, and just kind of like figured out running by myself. I didn't really even know of any other like, resources or anything like that. I didn't like to 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 get faster, and so I was just like, I'm just gonna make this up as I go along. Um, I wasn't super fast, but I kind of just you know it was more about like to me it was more about showing myself that I could do it. And um, once I got the, Through that, um, when I started training for my first um, uh, marathon, I used, like, the Hal Higdon program, which is, like uh, – that was, like, a pretty good program to – it gives you a schedule at least, so someone else is telling you. But when I got into the ultras stuff, um, you know, there's a couple ultra programs that I used to do my first ultra on, and if I would have gone back and done it again, I would have gotten a coach for it just because, especially with ultras, like, I didn't feel – I didn't feel like I was experienced enough my first one to perform like I wanted to. I I did it. Um, I didn't feel great doing it. Um, and I I wanted to be able to go in a little bit more prepared. And so especially for this one, um, I just decided that you know there's some things that you know I don't I don't think you. I'm, I'm I'm a big proponent of sometimes just sucking it up and doing it. But th- in, in something like this, there's so many different variables that I knew I'm like. I need somebody to help me with this. I need somebody that knows way more than I do. I need to have somebody who's way more experienced. And so, uh, I got, uh, Ian Sharman who won the, he won, he won the Grand Slam of Ultra Running last year. Uh, so that's basically, there's four main 100 milers. Uh, they run over the summer. And if you run all four of them, they take your time and add it up. And whoever has the fastest time wins the Grand Slam. So Ian won that last year. So he's he's slightly fast. Um, he was he was, he was third at Leadville this year. Um, and so uh, I got him. I, I convinced him to to coach me. And uh, basically been working with him to uh, you know build up my mileage from you know starting back in like January. Um, I'm doing like 50 miles a week ish uh, somewhere around here. Um, and then. The the biggest thing that I've noticed a lot uh, is especially with ultras um, and trail races and mountain races, um, there's tons of climbing involved, um, and that's one of the things that I'm pretty weak on uh, personally. Just because uh, I grew up in Chicago, we don't really have trails or anything like that there, so I've never, you know, I don't have that background. And so I came out here, started working on trails, and I, I did a couple races this summer, and they really showed me that I'm not working on trails enough. So uh, or on on climbing specifically enough um and so that's something that it's you know even even if you have an off day sometimes I'm going on like a hike um yeah. just uh just to get better at that because i you, you, <laughs> at this race like we'd we'd be hiking up a mountain and uh, I'd be hiking at the same like effort level that this guy next to me is. And uh, he's just flying, and I'm like not being very efficient at all. So um, there's a bunch of different aspects to it, but the the big thing, especially for this one, is I got a coach, I got someone to hold me accountable, I got somebody to help me lay out a plan, and um, you know, tell me about the things that I don't know about because um, you know the thing about pushing your limits, you want to be able to push them comfortably. Uh, not comfortably, everything's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable, but you don't want to you don't want to get hurt, and you don't want something to snap. And that's something that I was very aware of is like, you know, it is a big challenge for me. It's it's not the, it's not the fastest, it's not the, you know, not everybody should be, you know, running, trying to attempt like a hundred mile or five, five years after they, they start running. Um, but if, if you do, you probably should have, um, you know, good, pretty good plan of attack for doing it and not just ad hoc it. So the, with 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, uh I feel like I I have a background as an athlete. I know my body enough that like I can tell if something is you know wrong or if I'm just, you know, hurting a little bit. Um uh, but with such a big project, uh there's a lot less room for error. So, um that was one of those situations where I just kind of put my pride aside and said, you know, there's smarter than people smarter people than me out there um and there's people that are going to help me get better. So, I want to find those people and then uh kind of make sure that happens right
1: very cool so what happens if you get hurt does everybody get their money back from you and know, all these schools get <laughs> taken down and everything i i demolish <laughs> the <demolition>
0: school <laughs> uh so uh, i'm not getting. that's the that you know that's the that's the primary goal is to not get hurt especially oh well, not the primary goal is to build the schools and do it and you know if i i can deal with pain you know that's part of part of the game uh depending on you know broken leg versus a the strain muscle, or whatever. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of different scenarios that I'm not going to think about because they're not going to happen because I'm not going right. to think about them. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that is that is a primary thing. And so that's the other thing that I've noticed a lot, uh, in getting more into trail, uh, ultra running and and just being more consistent on running is I'm doing a lot more training, I'm doing a lot more consistent runs, but I'm also, um, I'm also being very uh, – the focus on recovery has been huge for me because I can do the whole grip my teeth and and make it through something. Uh, But I would almost rather do that than than sit down for 30 minutes and roll out my legs or – you know, do, do mobility stuff. And that's one of the things that I've realized as I get, you know, as you up the mileage, you can't get away with that as much. Right. Um, you have to be consistent. It has to be part of your daily routine. You have to be doing consistent strength, cross training stuff. Um, cause otherwise, um, like I'll get really, really front heavy, uh, if I'm not doing any cross training and then, uh, my, my muscles just get all bundled up and just tight and nasty and, 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 and I, I I've done this enough I've 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 done foam rolling enough and 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 skipped it a couple times to know that the difference in my performance when I am consistently foam rolling and making sure I'm actively recovering and taking care of myself versus when I say like oh I don't need to do that today it's it's a, it's stark and it's amazing how much just a simple focus on recovery has um improved the longevity of my training and and helped me um, helped me improve just as a runner. Um, you know, a lot of times, I'm I'm a very simple person, so I think, oh, if I want to get better at running, all I have to do is run, and you know, that's like one component of it. But uh, it, it's really one of those things that when I started focusing on recovery, uh, you know, that's helped a ton. And uh, I don't think I would have done that nearly as much if I didn't have a coach telling me like, listen, this is important, do it. No right. excuses. Right,
1: right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. It's a great thing. The foam roller it has helped me a ton, and it's something I've I've gotten lazy with for sure. As you mentioned, it's kind of easy to to get lazy with it. But yeah, it really does do good. So if you're uh if you're just increasing your mileage, then absolutely do some foam rolling. It's good. Feels good. Um, there's no reason not to do it, basically. <laughs> except for the first few days when it really hurts. You've done it before. <laughs> like why? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool Joe. Well, this has been fun. Um, if people wanna support you or just find out more about it, um, what's the best place for them to go for the for the project itself? So you can check out
0: uh, impossiblehq.com. The project is at impossiblehq.com slash seven seven seven. Um and then uh if you guys want to hear more about that directly from me, I have a I have a podcast, Impossible FM. Um so like you said a bunch of different impossible projects. So uh, yeah uh but everything's at impossiblehq.com. You can find it all there. Um and yeah. there's a
1: video. There's a video at uh, at the 777 Yeah, and so so discuss.
0: that's one of the cool things we're going to be doing is we're going to be shooting videos at all these races um, and sort of telling the story throughout the year because it is a long project. It is a big goal from a, a financial fundraising standpoint. So we want to people, keep people engaged throughout the entire um, aspect. So uh, we, we're going to be shooting a video uh, at every single race kind of showing you like exactly like, hey, these are – they're cool races and like – crazy places and so i'm really excited to like you know just race them and uh we're going to be sharing those experiences with it but yeah you can check out the video uh, at impossiblehq.com slash 777 and uh uh it's pretty cool cool all Besides, right i think so
1: <laughs> all right last thing what's with the uh the cold showers i mean that's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> i mean what, what's shower. that what's so that about? cold
0: showers cold showers is exactly the same thing as when you're at a mile mile 20 of a marathon It teaches you to get uncomfortable or comfortable being uncomfortable. It teaches you to figure out where to put that pain. And, uh, um, it's a, it's an everyday thing that you can do. Most people decide they're going to do the easy thing and take a hot shower because it's warm and it's comfortable. And it's what 99.99% of Americans do. Uh, but if you want to practice every single day in a small way, getting out of your comfort zone, instead of doing what everybody else does, instead of, uh, turning the, the knob to the right and uh uh taking a hot shower turn it cold take five minutes of cold showers and you'll teach yourself over time that you know all the bad things that you're scared of that are going to happen when you take a cold shower you have those same thoughts at mile 20 uh of a marathon you have it anytime you're about to start a, a new scary endeavor anytime you're about to go to travel um those same thoughts pop up and the only thing that matters is how you respond to it. And so if you decide you're just going to be comfortable doing something uncomfortable, uh, all of a sudden you can, you can, you can sit through it. You can last through the five minutes of the cold shower. You can last through the next two miles of, of, of the marathon. You can last through uh, whatever big, scary things out in front of you and uh, and keep going on and it's not going to stop you. And there's no, you know, it's it's never as bad as you think it is. So that's that's the idea of cold showers. I've got a ton more on cold showers. Just Google cold showers, and uh, I've got enough articles to to keep you busy for a bit. So, uh, but yeah, that's it.
1: All right, awesome. All right, this has been fun, Joel. Thank you very much for your time, and uh, best of luck. Let me know if I can ever be of any help. I'm uh, I haven't won any grand slams or anything, so um, can't really do that. But anything else I can help with? Just let me know. Sounds good, man. We'll talk soon. All right. See you later. All right. Bye.